Welcome to the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, author, teacher, speaker, and coach. I focus on your spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being to help you be the best leader possible. Each episode explores research and practical tips so you can be a non-anxious presence personally and professionally. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode 71 of the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, and today's topic is how to save your energy for the difficult choices. And before we do that, I want to remind you that this Wednesday, May 20th at 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, will be another community conversation in the Non-Anxious Leader Network. This will be a time where we get together virtually and we process how we are trying to lead as a non-anxious presence through this COVID-19 pandemic. And this will be especially important as states start to lift their stay-at-home orders and loosen restrictions on economic activity, understanding how we can lead our ministries and organizations and churches through this in a way that is not just safe, but also enables us to get life back to normal. That's kind of the tension that we're looking at. This will be an important conversation for those of you who are serving in this way. So that's this Wednesday, May 20th at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And without further ado, here is episode 71. Right now, I am in the midst of making one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. It is draining me. This past week was the worst week I've ever had sleeping. I usually have no problem sleeping. I typically go to bed around 9 p.m. and wake up between 5 and 6 a.m. Last week, I was waking up at 3 with my mind racing, and if that's ever happened to you, you know how that feels. In some cases, I would toss and turn for an hour or two, then go back to sleep and sleep in later. In other cases, I just got up and started my day, but I could just tell that this decision was wearing on me. It was taking me down. I'll share more on that later, but first I want to share what I've learned about managing decision-making energy. When you are facing big decisions, you need every ounce of mental and emotional energy that you can muster. The first thing you can do is standardize as much as possible about your life. This will vary from person to person, as some people like having choices to make. However, to the extent you spend time making choices about small things, you'll have less energy for bigger decisions. Grocery shopping is a big example. For the most part, I'm going hunting when I'm in a grocery store, not shopping. I know exactly what I'm looking for and I'm hunting for it. I'm not trying to decide what I want. My wife has a specific kind of granola and yogurt that she eats. If I were to go in and look at all the granola and try to choose each time, not only would it take more time, but it would take more energy. And imagine if I just went into the whole cereal aisle and tried to choose. The same is true for yogurt. There's probably about 20 linear feet of different kinds of yogurt in the store in which I shop. The same is true for my smoothie ingredients, the nuts I eat and the cheese I buy. I know exactly what I want and I don't have to think about it. Sure, from time to time, I'll peruse around for other things, but for the most part, I don't want to spend a lot of time thinking in the grocery store. 
my wardrobe is the same. Over the years, I've collected an assortment of polo shirts bearing the logo of the ministry I serve. These polos are the staff uniform along with the khaki shorts for our summer staff during the summer camp season. As director, I get two every year, and the color changes every year even though the style remains the same. My favorites are the maroon, magenta, olive, and hunter green. In mild weather, I will wear one of these polos and a pair of jeans. If it's cold, I'll put a black fleece with the same logo on top. That way, if I get warm in the office, I can take it off. That's my uniform all winter. In warmer weather, it's one of these same polos and khaki shorts. It turns out I'm in good company. According to an article in Business Insider, successful people like Barack Obama and Mark Zuckerberg wear the same thing every day, and it's not a coincidence. That's the name of the article. I'll post uh, a link in the show notes. According to this article, Dr. Dre only wears Nike's Air Force One sneakers. Barack Obama only wears blue or gray suits. Mark Zuckerberg wears a gray t-shirt. Steve Jobs famously wore a black turtleneck and jeans. Not having to think about your wardrobe is one less decision you have to make in the day. You may think this is a small thing, but the energy used in making decisions add up. If you start your day without negotiating what you are going to wear, you can save that energy for more important things. Now, I have a side note here on gender bias. In many, if not most cases, women don't have this luxury. Countless times I have heard people comment about the wardrobe or hairstyle even of a female pastor, executive, politician, newscaster. I can't recall when I've heard a comment about a male in the same way. I'm not sure what's going to change that, but until it does, my only suggestion to women in this situation is to choose your outfit the night before. At the end of the day, you likely have fewer important decisions to make, so it's okay to expend the energy on your wardrobe. That way, when you get up in the morning, that decision is already made. Likewise, the point of routines is to minimize the energy used to make decisions. A routine is just a series of habits that you string together, and a habit, by definition, is something you do without thinking. It doesn't take any energy because it's automatic. That's why a morning routine is so helpful. If you have to negotiate with yourself what you're going to do every morning that you get up, it will slow you down and make it harder to tackle your day. I'm pretty much able to go through the first two to three hours of my day without having to make too many decisions. This includes my spiritual time, some creative time, exercise, and breakfast. And by that time, I'm into my day. I feel like I've accomplished some things and I have energy to really tackle the important things. Once you are able to remove as many of the little decisions as possible in your daily life, the next thing you can do is understand how to make the bigger decisions. I'm going to put a link to a recent episode of the Hidden Brain podcast in the show notes. And in that episode, Sheena Iyengar, a Columbia University psychologist, shared research she had done on decision making. Iyengar is famous for the jam study she did in the 1990s. She and her colleagues set up a tasting booth in a grocery store. They compared two situations, one with six flavors and another with 24. The result was that more people stopped when there were 24 choices, but they were more likely to buy when there were only six choices. We like having more choices, 
but we find it harder to make a decision when we have more choices from which to choose. Iyengar's current research builds on this understanding. She gives the example of buying a custom car where there are about 60 decisions to make regarding interior, exterior, performance, etc. For each decision, you have a certain number of choices. In her example, you might have only two choices for the engine, but 56 for the exterior color. She found that if you start with decisions that have the fewest number of options from which to choose and then move towards progressively more complex decisions, for example, the most complicated one being choosing a color from 56 colors, you will be more satisfied with the outcome. The main takeaway is that starting with the easier decisions first, the ones with fewer choices, builds momentum and enthusiasm. Choosing between two engine choices to start, then making more progressively complicated choices makes choosing out of 56 colors at the end easier and the outcome more satisfied because you feel like you've been involved in every choice. Conversely, starting with more complicated choices first makes it harder as things go along. The further you go, the more likely you are to just pick something without thinking, to, to just go to your default choice because you don't have enough energy to care anymore. And if you've ever been in a process like that, where at some point you just get tired of making decisions and you just choose and choose and choose without thinking, you understand this process. So the first thing you want to do to save your energy for important decisions is to standardize your life as much as possible by preloading everyday decisions and creating routines. Then, to the extent you can, manage other decisions to move from less complex to more complex to build momentum and enthusiasm. Then, when you reach the really major decisions, you will have more energy because you will need it. The big decision I faced this week was whether or not to cancel summer camp entirely. We had already decided that without more clarity, we would cancel the first three weeks of camp and plan for a July 5th opening. However, some of our staff members felt really strongly that we should cancel the entire summer now. If you have listened to this podcast or read my blog, you know that I like to wait until the last responsible moment to make decisions. I don't disagree with the assessments of the staff who want to cancel, but I'm still struggling with it. I know we have to make a decision in two weeks, but I don't necessarily want to make that decision now. We know we will need about a month to get everything ready to open summer camp. So that's the drop dead date for a decision about two weeks from now. My problem is that even though I might want to cancel, I feel like if we do it too early, we may miss out on an opportunity to provide God-inspired, life-changing experiences for campers, as well as give their parents a much-needed break. Ironically, I'm the one who is always saying you have to take responsibility for self. I had a board meeting this past week, and I provided a written briefing that shared all the concerns that our staff have about opening camp. I realized later that what I was doing was trying to put the decision on the board. After over an hour of exhausting discussion, I asked for a straw poll. It was an even split. No clarity. What I realized is that it's my responsibility to make the decision. That's what a leader does. Not without listening to dissenting opinions. Not without doing as much research, 
pondering and praying as possible, but doing so trying to discern God's leading for what is best for this ministry and those we serve. Abdicating the decision to the board might have let me off the hook, but it also could increase the likelihood of making a bad decision. Why? Because the board isn't as close to the situation as I am. They have great passion and expertise. They have been a tremendous source of support during this crisis. But in the end, it's my responsibility. Once I realized that, I was able to sleep better at night. So, I'm doing what I can to reduce the energy I'm spending on small decisions, because this is a big one. And that's it for episode 71. Another reminder that we have our community conversation this Wednesday, May 20th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And also you can connect with me at thenonanxiousleader.com. I have a blog. You can sign up for weekly emails where I recommend articles and podcasts that I find helpful. And you can also connect on the Non-Anxious Leader Network at network dot the non-anxiousleader.com. You'll find the show notes at the non-anxiousleader.com forward slash 71, where you can also send me a voice message. So until next time, thanks and goodbye. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, there are two things you can do to help others find this podcast. First, tap the subscribe button on your podcast app. And second, leave a review. I appreciate your help. Finally, you can find more resources as well as subscribe to my blog at thenonanxiousleader.com. Now, go be yourself.